Welcome everyone, we are about to begin Be'as Hashem, BPJ number 19, that's the joint shear number 19 for both the husbands and the wives. Today we're going to talk about how to talk comfortably about sex between a husband and a wife. Now, when you hear this, I have to make a Hagdama. The Hagdama is, obviously, it is true that this area is a Dvarm Shabbat there's a tznias that is there. It's Kaidish HaKadoshim. And overall, it is meant to be very private between a husband and a wife. And there is always a kavid and a tznias and expression of a tzalem in a refined way when interacting in this physical sexual realm and discussing it. And there's halachas regarding it. You know, it's brought down that a woman generally, especially as a tsunua, should try to be subtle and not openly, you know, directly expressing, but rather try to be subtle uh, when expressing her desire for relations. Now, there are times where after meaningful connections, sometimes it comes more naturally than others, where the husband and wife already has a certain code language between themselves and 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 the woman needs to just do or say something in a hint and everyone gets the message and everything's fine and that's beautiful and but very often unfortunately the message is not expressed and is not clear and in those scenarios this tsenius or these this subtlety even if you mean it well-intentioned, you know, you don't want to talk about such a private area in an open way. But very often, if it's not expressed clearly, it creates a lot of confusion and hard feelings. And in those scenarios, even a tsunua needs to be more upfront with her husband with a clarity of what she wants and what she needs and when she wants it and when she needs it. And and that's a tzairich, that becomes a tzairich, and that, when done for that kavana, is not a lack of tzniyas, and very often it is the correct thing to do to avoid the the inhibitions, the unhealthy inhibitions of open expression with one another regarding sex and regarding the sexual needs that each of them have and how to give to each other. What is very unusual about this is that we understand how couples don't feel very uncomfortable talking about this even when it's necessary. Because we grew up, Baruch Hashem, in environments where we remove ourselves from the vulgar, uh, very unhealthy and destructive cultural exposure using sex as a very terrible, harmful thing. And we protect ourselves from that. And therefore, we remove ourselves from the unhealthy aspects of it but to the point where we really feel an awkwardness and an embarrassment and sometimes shame to express sexual issues. The problem behind that is, is that when it comes between a husband and wife now, it becomes necessary, important, a mitzvah, and crucial to a marriage to be on the same page and wavelength in these areas with one another and if it was never expressed at all or, or too subtle, 
Like we said, it could cause a lot of hurt and miscommunication and distance. Now, what is strange is, is that even by many, many non-Jewish couples, they have this problem too. Now, you would say, there it has nothing to do with Sneas. Yeah, people that could say the worst dirty jokes, see the worst things, talk in the most vulgar manner. But nevertheless, a married couple, non-Jewish married couple, even if they're low class like that, but between themselves, studies have been shown and people who go to therapists have been shown, there's an awkwardness in discussing the sexual aspects, and there it's certainly not sneas. What is it? It's rather they are um, pulling away and they're disconnecting or feel very uncomfortable in a real relationship. And because they do that, so when a husband and wife feels disconnected from one another, they feel very uncomfortable talking about sex, and that becomes very awkward. In those cases, it's not a healthy thing not to talk about it. So again, if you, you have Rabbonim to talk to, or Kala teachers to talk to, Chassan teachers, certainly Kala teachers, where you're worried about this as a Yishet Senua, you know, I, I never opened my mouth or talked about these things before, and and there is some things here that could clearly be an issue or things that need to be talked about and you're concerned about it, talk to whoever you want to talk to. But I will say, though, is that so much dissatisfaction, so much frustration, so much agmas nefesh can be avoided if there's an open, honest, calm communication in this area between a husband and wife and they learn the skills how to go about it. Now, there are times where, again, because what happens is, is not talking about it at all becomes a serious problem. If you feel, because of Tzniyas, you hint, but in a very unclear way where your husband can't figure out what's going on, really. Or the husband themselves, you know, in, also is a Tznua, doesn't like addressing these things. But it could cause a lot of harm in these Matzavim. And not talking in these Matzavim, and using tznias as that excuse is a misplaced tznias, because here is the pop, a point where, to have, for the sake of shalom bias, consider it like the the that the, the Abish is willing to erase the shame Hashem for shalom bias. It's certainly important to discuss these things between themselves privately, and and not come to a point where there is miscommunication and hurt feelings and distance because of that awkward awkwardness about not being willing to discuss sex and the sexual needs that are that that each one has and wants to be fulfilled with one another so sometimes um husband and wife feel unfulfilled and they really want more in their sexual relationship but they're afraid of expressing it either because they're ashamed to say that they need something or they don't want to hurt their spouse. So there's some skills that are necessary in this area to connect with one another this way and to learn how to communicate in a healthy way this way. The truth is in the marriage, in Baruch Hashem, the best of marriages, the bottom line is, is the busyness of life, whether it is the learning or it is the chenech the working and putting efforts in the children, running the house, the work, community obligations, all of these things, family obligations, all of these things 
by its very nature, pull a husband and wife very often away from each other. And before they know it, unless they're intentional of connecting, before they know it, they stop being close to one another. Sometimes they even stop being intimate with one another. Or the intimacy happens very rarely. Or it happens very routinely, like it's an afterthought, like a bedieved, you know, you know, whatever, I take out the garbage and I have sex. is in the same category. Because it became like part of an afterthought routine. And uh, it's sad when this happens. Because what happens is, is when the work dwindles down and the family obligations become less, or the children get married, married and move out of the house, you find yourselves as strangers, as barely roommates, and there's a tremendous distance. And that distance didn't just happen now. It was happening even when... They were both, it was hustling and bustling in the house, and they were constantly communicating. But what were they communicating about? You know, did you, did you put, take the, did you take this to the cleaners? What are we going to, you know, uh, how many people we should have uh, reserved seats by the wedding that we're making and all these things. But intimate, real, true connection uh, is lost, and that's very, very sad. And you miss that closeness, and you miss the joy that comes along with it. And what's even sadder is when you don't miss it. So you have certain matzavim where between the couple there's already an apathy where one really lost their interest whatsoever. And on that there is, we mentioned it in a video, we had a video put out a long time ago, um, over a year ago. Michelle Wiener Davis, she wrote a book, Sex Star of Marriage. She goes through what to do if a couple or both of them or one of them is apathetic and totally not interested uh, even to want to be intimate with the other and how to deal with that. And Be'ezus Hashem, I didn't delve deep, deeply into her work on this subject, but Neder, especially if I get feedback that it is necessary, and maybe even not, I don't know, I may delve into that matziv. But let's talk now about a couple where they have this distance but they really want that closeness. Then they just don't know how to go about it, but they make the decision now that even though there was already somewhat of a disconnect physically, intimately, they want that closeness. They're willing to put in the effort, but but they feel very, very awkward now. That's This is what happens a lot too. If a lot of time passes by when there's already... Uh, 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 each one being busy with their own lives, stressful lives, even if they communicate beautifully about other more superficial, chitzainious, external things. They could talk, have beautiful conversations about hashkafa, spirituality. They could have connections about the kids and the schools to put them in and the dilemmas. So even couples that have free communication in these areas, but what's sorely lacking is a deeper, deeper connection that is lost because they're just not comfortable talking each, with each other in an intimate, warm, um, close, emotional way, and uh, and they haven't been really physical with each other for a long time, and um, and that's very very sad. But they want to put in the effort. So how do they get started if they're in that matziv? If they're in the matziv where intimacy is non-existent or rarely, uh, almost non-existent or it became like sort of a routine afterthought of let's get over with it and, you know, just, just stum. And how to get back on track with that is, number one is, is that to 
help start conversations between a husband and a wife about this. And the main nakuda of it is, is not to accuse Khalila, not to blame each other Khalila, and just that both of you show an effort. It's not my fault, it's not your fault, it's no one's fault. Uh, life happens, and even if one feels a little bit that the other one is to blame, you let it go. You michael each other, whatever was, was. Right now you want to work towards it together to enhance this physical connection. So the first thing is really, when you're having these conversations, is not to accuse or blame or on the past, but rather think about the present and how to go on forward to this. Um, So this is very, very uh, important thing. And um, the way to talk, instead of Khalila blaming or accusing each other, you tell each other how much you miss being, I miss being with you, and I would love to have that connection back and to feel that physical closeness again and emotional closeness again. Again, like we talked about many times, and I always have to repeat it, this sexual intimacy has to come with a connection of emotional intimacy and other intimacies too, that's um, a, a subject matter for many, many shiurim that I said in the main group, hopefully in this group too. So anything I say now does not preclude, does not exclude the importance of those other five intimacies other than sexual intimacy. But we're talking about this now because this sometimes is a Pesach. To get that physical intimacy again opens up the emotional intimacy in others, especially if you both, that's your goal. So the key being is, is to say you miss each other, you listen with one another, you hear each other, and even if, let's say, there is some resentment, you have to learn how to deal with it carefully. You don't let it hurt you, because what happens is fear of rejection can hold you back. So if you even sense some resentment or rejection because of some past behaviors, you learn to get past it. Don't be afraid of it. Say whatever was, was. Let's try to get past it and work through it. Reassure each other. This is also very important that you find each other attractive. And, you know, if one or both are, are, let's say, need to get into better shape physically, you could talk about it together. We'll take walks together. We'll work through getting ourselves in better physical shape um, so that sexually things could be more appealing. You could work through that. And some people, it is very interesting that as a couple gets older, they feel bad about aging. And what's strange is, this could happen as early as even the late 30s, believe it or not. When someone's in their teens and in their 20s, and then they're starting to hit their, even the late 30s, which is young, they already start worrying about their aging process, not just women, men as well, certainly in the 40s and later, and you need to feel that despite your aging, you could be attracted to one another, and so on and so forth. So now we're going to talk about what happens if, let's say, the intimacy hasn't happened for a long time, and you want to reconnect that way. And it could be awkward at first, so that what we talked about is the conversations about it. Another nakuda of it is, is you start by getting used to physically touching each other again. What does that mean, getting used to physically touching each other again? Here, you don't right away, when you do this, you basically embrace each other. First, start with holding hands. 
That may even feel awkward. It is hard when there was such a distance for a long time that you hold hands in an intimate way. You get used to doing that. And don't resist any uncomfortableness that you have with it. You go with the feeling and you move on with it. And it becomes more natural. You hold hands. Then you could embrace, eventually cuddle. At some point in time, but even in those interactions where it's not yet, because the physical hasn't happened a long time, you don't jump when you're whole, you know, connecting physically. Don't jump to areas, sexual areas. Stay away from those areas of the body. Start with maybe shoulders, back massages, or kissing, things like that. Slowly, slowly acclimating, getting back to that physical uh, connection so that the next time you do this, it becomes easier. And the next time you do this, it becomes even more easier till the point where you're able to connect some point in its knee stick away. If you have a big enough bathtub, you could share that, talk to each other face to face that way. Whatever, whatever ideas that you could do to work on getting that back. And that is a very, very important thing. And again, I want to say, you know, these things seem very, you know, physical oriented. And anytime, you know, this area is discussed, uh, you know, it's a little bit delicate. But this is really healing. This is between a husband and wife, Kaidesh HaKadoshim. This is the Pesach, very often. We talked about this a lot. We talked about the relationship between inside and outside the, be- the, the bedroom. And we talked a lot about how emotional intimacy can bring about physical intimacy and physical intimacy could bring about emotional intimacy. And you need them both. You need them both. And this year we're talking about the physical. Obviously, you need the emotional. You need them both. Very often, one triggers the other. The more emotionally connected you are, the easier it will be to be physically connected. And, but it goes the other way around too. That is part of, I mean, perhaps the Mesilis Yisharim did not mean this because he didn't give such an example that chitzonius ma'iris apnimius, right? The outside act sometimes, even if you didn't feel like doing them, awakens within you a cheshik. So that's why he says, for example, that if you are lazy by nature, you act bizrizis, you act like you're alacrity, even though you are lazy, but you run to shul, you run even though you don't feel it at all. Ultimately, you'll feel it that the Mesil Shisharm talks about it, the Chinech talks about it, and Parshas Boy. The same thing applies over here. You first make feel not natural. But when you put in the effort and Bechitzainius, which means these physical close connections of trying to do these things, holding hands, embracing, and the things we discuss, will ultimately over time be Ma'er, the inner feeling, to connect again in very deep ways. And that is so, so important. So we're going to continue, Be'ezus Hashem, the next um, shear on this theme, again, to go a little more into detail about it. But what I will say is, is that even though we talked most of this shear about couples that are already in that, you know, mode of the disconnect mode and how to get back connected, truth be told, uh, even if there is Baruch Hashem now a great connection, or or you know newlyweds need to know this if there's still some awkwardness, you know, to really really work through this. And what's important is all of you that even if your marriages Baruch Hashem are beautiful, but and you but please remember this that 
that that as busy as life is with the with the learning and with the children and then with the work with the family with the chinuch with the simchas somehow somewhere you cannot neglect your own deep connection that has to happen between a husband and a wife not just talking about all these things although they're important but to talk with each other connect with each other and physically connect with each other sexually connect with each other that cannot be stressed uh, you know um, um, enough it is extremely extremely cr- crucial it is the glue that holds the marriage not the only thing obviously emotional and physical has to come together menschlichkeit respect loyalty all of these things but never neglect the physical aspects of it and do everything you can no matter how busy you are the husband with his work or with his learning or with whatever in the community, in the Kehillah he is working with, and the wife with all her chasadim, or taking care of the family, or going to Shiorim, or supporting um, chesed groups, and all the wonderful things that she does, and they're both happy doing these wonderful chasadim, and they have busy separate lives. That's perfectly okay. They don't have to be together all the time. They could have their, they're both serving HaKadosh Baruch Hu and their partners, and, and, and in many aspects of their lives, they're doing their own separate things, and that's fine but they connect with each other and they need to have that zman, a serious, serious time with each other that's not touchable and that's not being selfish. We're going out together lunch. No one else is going to be there. We're shutting our phones. Uh, I, he needs the chesed. She needs the chesed. No, we need the chesed for each other. Sorry. This time, pick the time, Sunday uh, between uh, 1 and 2, we go out for lunch every, every, every Sunday. We go for our coffee. We talk to each other. And that is it. And the same thing with your schedules at night. Whatever you have those schedules where you have time together. And it's not just physical intimacy in the bedroom, but even just when you need time to talk with one another and you set those times, let's say 9 o'clock to 10 o'clock, whatever it is, no one else phones off. Don't take other phone calls. I'm busy. I'm not just like when you can't talk to someone because you had a chasana that night and you had to go here, you had to go there, or you had an important appointment. You have an important appointment with your husband. You have an important appointment with your wife. And if it is Aina, the sexual aspects, that is an appointment. Whenever it is, 10.30 to 11.30, to 11 to 12, whatever it is, I'm not available. It's I, I Or I go to sleep. You know, you don't say these things, obviously, to to. To other people, there's a tzniyas aspect of it. You don't, you don't tell people anything. It's between you and your wife, you and your husband. But whatever it is, you say what you say. I, I need. Um, I've been wiped out lately. I need. Uh, I, I decided I get up very early. My my bedtime's early. I need to get more sleep. That's all. But between you and your wife, you make that time to be together with one another. Bracha natslacha.